Behold, I say unto you, that you must rely upon my word, which if you do with full purpose of heart, you shall have a view of the plates. Doctrine and Covenants 17 verse 1. Hey listeners, this is Neil from Book of Mormon Central, and today's podcast addresses the question, why did the Lord command the three witnesses to rely upon his word? In June 1829, Oliver Cowdery, David Whitmer, and Martin Harris became the three witnesses of the Book of Mormon. They testified that they saw an angel who showed them the golden plates from which the Book of Mormon was translated. They also testified that they heard the voice of God declare that the translation of the record was accomplished by the gift and power of God, and they were commanded to bear record of it. Unbeknownst to most who read the witness's official statement, however, David Whitmer indicated late in his life that he and his fellow witnesses were initially reluctant to publish their testimony to the world. According to James H. Hart, David recalled in 1883, when we were first told to publish our statement, we felt sure the people would not believe it, for the Book of Mormon told of a people who were refined and dwelt in large cities. For this reason, David said he and Oliver actually demurred and told the Lord the people would not believe their testimony. They apparently did not think the earthen mounds, familiar to anybody living, in upstate New York at that time, accounted for the book's testimony of a people who were educated and refined dwelling in large cities. Instead, reflecting common prejudices of the day, the witnesses felt the only known early inhabitants of this country were filthy, lazy, degraded, and ignorant savages that were roaming over the land. In response to these concerns, David said, the Lord told us he would make it known to the people and the people should discover the ruins of the lost cities and abundant evidence of the truth of what is written in the book. Evidently placated by this assurance, the witnesses drafted and signed a statement testifying not only that they had seen the angel and the plates, but also that they knew of a surety that the work is true. The Book of Mormon went to press a few months later, and on March 26, 1830, the first copies went up for sale in E.B. Grandin's bookshop in Palmyra, New York. About a year later, Anglo-Irish diplomat Juan Galindo visited the ruins of Palenque in Chiapas, Mexico. Struck by the impressive ruins which sprawled for 20 miles and inscriptions written with characters very neatly executed, Galindo wrote a letter to the London Literary Gazette reporting that the discovery rescued ancient America from a charge of barbarism. Galindo was not actually the first European to visit Palenque. Spanish military captain Jose Antonio del Rio and artist Ricardo Almendares explored the site in the late 18th century. Del Rio's report, initially written in Spanish, was first published in English in 1822, but was met with skepticism and remained little known. Thus, despite del Rio's earlier report, the Gazette's editor considered Galindo's account a revelation of a place utterly unknown to European geography and antiquities. The three witnesses may have seen this as the first indication that the Lord's promise to them was being fulfilled. Under the editorship of W.W. W. Phelps and Oliver Cowdery, the Evening and Morning Star, the official paper of the church from 1832 to 1834, reported on Galindo's findings, adding the remarks, We are glad to see the proof begin to come of the original or ancient inhabitants of this continent. It is good testimony in favor of the Book of Mormon, and the Book of Mormon is good testimony that such things as cities and civilizations existed in pre-Columbian America. 
The witnesses had been assured that evidence for lost cities would come forth to support the account in the Book of Mormon. So the Evening and Morning Star emphasized how Galindo's account supports the Book of Mormon's testimony of cities and civilization. About a decade later, John Lloyd Stevens and Frederick Catherwood published a vividly illustrated and dramatically told account of their travels among the ruins of Central America. Despite earlier reports, such as those by Galindo, it was the publication of Stevens and Catherwood's accounts in the 1840s that gave the world its first real glimpse of the advanced civilization that once existed on the American continent. Like other Americans at the time, Latter-day Saints were fascinated by the findings. John Bernheisel, a recent convert in New York, gifted a copy of Stevens and Catherwood's books to the prophet Joseph Smith. Wilford Woodruff read them as he carried them from New York to Nauvoo and remarked, I felt truly interested in this work, for it brought to light a flood of testimony in proof of the Book of Mormon. Likewise, Joseph Smith wrote back to Bernheisel, stating, I have read the volumes with the greatest interest, adding that the account corresponds with and supports the testimony of the Book of Mormon. From June 1841 to December 1844, Stevens and Catherwood were cited ten different times, including five times while Joseph Smith was editor, as evidence for the Book of Mormon in the church's flagship newspaper in the Times and Seasons. Several additional references to Stevens and Catherwood appeared in other Latter-day Saint writings during the same time period. Throughout the 19th century, Latter-day Saints continued to value the evidence Stevens and Catherwood provided for large cities and high civilization in ancient America. In 1875, a writer for the Chicago Times remembered David Whitmer referring to the innumerable evidences in the shape of ruins of great cities existing on this continent of its former occupation by a highly civilized race as he testified of the Book of Mormon. In 1829, however, little evidence of such high civilization existed, and this caused David and Oliver some concern, even as they witnessed an angel showing them the plates. It was as the Lord said, they had to have faith and rely on his word. But the Lord also promised that his word shall be verified, and he would bring to light the marvelous works of his other sheep. David remembered that the Lord promised that others would be divinely led to discover the ruins of the great cities, and they should have abundant evidence of the truth of that which is written in the book. In the twilight of his life, David said, that had all been fulfilled to the very letter. For readers today, this little-known but inspiring aspect of the Three Witnesses' story can teach many lessons. First and foremost, it serves as a reminder that the Lord fulfills His promises. Such fulfillment does not always come right away. Sometimes years, decades, and even generations pass away before the Lord's promises are fulfilled. When this is the case, the faithful must have patience and rely on God's Word, just as the Book of Mormon Witnesses did. Second, it illustrates why even those who see visions of angels must ultimately have faith. David and Oliver saw an angel. They saw the plates, and they heard the voice of God. But they still had to exercise faith in the Lord to testify of the truth of the Book of Mormon's account of cities and high civilization in ancient America, for which there was little evidence at the time. Third, it shows that early Latter-day Saints, including Joseph Smith himself, were not opposed to viewing the events of the Book of Mormon as having taken place outside the United States. Throughout the history of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, its leaders and members have held a diversity of opinions regarding matters of Book of Mormon geography. Today, the Church does not take a position on the specific geographic locations of Book of Mormon events, other than that they transpired somewhere in the ancient Americas. Fourth, 
It demonstrates the need for patience when current knowledge from archaeology or ancient history conflicts with scripture. In addition to the existence of cities and high civilization in ancient America, little known in 1829 but widely accepted today, dozens of other details once thought to be anachronistic in the Book of Mormon have since been confirmed by archaeological discovery. While some things remain unconfirmed, the archaeological evidence trends favorably for the Book of Mormon. This ongoing trend shows that God's promise to the three witnesses continues to be fulfilled today, and increasing archaeological evidence supports the Book of Mormon. It also gives people today reason to exercise faith when confronting questions that, for now, remain unanswered about ancient scripture. Thank you for listening. For more information on the Book of Mormon, visit bookofmormoncentral.org and click on the Know Why tab.